0: you don't want to be whack Cuckoo. we will cut you some slack we got you you
1: just want to make a big stack all in listen to our biz hack are you tired of wading through spammy messages on linkedin here is a biz hack trick Click on your profile picture, navigate to data privacy, and let freedom ring. Turn off the option that says allow others to send you open profile messages and while you're at it, switch off allow LinkedIn partners to show you sponsored messages. This will force individuals to have to connect with you first before sending you messages.
0: It's like putting a no spam sign on your digital doorstep. Because, let's be honest, no one likes spam on their sandwiches or inboxes.
2: So... To go back to like kind of your original question do we recommend or is an s corporation right for everybody no it's not right for everybody but i think that you know having a solid foundation having an llc set up and obviously being on the legal side you can talk about the benefits of that i love this idea of having an llc set up for, for that protection piece and when it makes sense when your business gets to the profit where it makes sense or when you have that opportunity where yeah i want to do an s corporation now you can easily do it. You can easily do that as corp election because you have that entity structure set up. You have that foundation built from the beginning. And so that's kind of the, the key piece of, you know, build that foundation. And then that foundation is there to build upon as your business gets to the point where it's growing beyond that.
0: So when we talk about the third tax, tax saving strategy for small businesses, you talk a lot about retirement planning. How is retirement planning something that has an impact on your tax strategy?
2: Yeah you know I always look at retirement planning. I, I think that's one small business owners uh, oftentimes don't think about retirement. you know they're so engulfed in their business, they're putting money away from taxes, they're living life and, and they just don't think about this this idea of saving for retirement. And they think well my business is i have my business and that is my retirement plan and a lot of people get to retirement and realize that their business really isn't worth as much as they maybe thought it was for various different reasons you know that's they're they're the main part of the business and without them the business doesn't mean much and so what do they really have to sell Um, other people very completely different scenario but i think it's important for business owners to think about that idea of retirement because it just doesn't come as natural as it maybe would for a w2 employee but when we look at retirement from a tax standpoint, I really kind of talk about that as like a deferral. You know, if you put money into a a pre-tax account, you're gonna eventually pay taxes on that money when you get into retirement. If you put money in a Roth account, you get no tax break today, but that money grows tax-free, which is obviously a, a great opportunity as well. So, you know, there's, there's still like, and there's no tax completely avoidance when you're talking about retirement plans, but it does provide some really good planning. And so, as a business owner, I think it always comes down to how much do you want to put away towards retirement. That's going to tell us what type of plan you want to go with. If you're saying I want to put five, six thousand dollars a year away towards retirement we're gonna say go to like a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Don't even worry about setting up a business retirement plan. But if you're a solo business owner, and you're saying, no, I wanna put away, you know, more money than that, then we might be looking at a SEP IRA or a solo 401k. And these are all uh, plans that allow you to contribute a, a bigger amount than just your traditional IRA into retirement. And once you start to have employees, you know, we'd look at a simple IRA or a safe harbor 401k. I think the the plan with a retirement plan is don't get into a plan that is too big for you or doesn't make sense for the business in, in your estate. And so it's it's almost like thinking about it: what is the reason that I want to open this retirement plan? Is it to fund my retirement or is it to help attract new talent to my team or retain current talent to my team you know find out what that plan is and it can be a combination of them and then also find out okay how much do you want to put away into your retirement plan or how much do you think your employees will want to put away towards the retirement plan and how much of that do you want to help fund and that's going to lead you to to what kind of retirement plan you set up again traditionally we say If you have no employees outside of maybe you and your spouse, we're looking at a solo 401k or a SEP IRA. If you have employees, we're looking at a simple IRA or a safe harbor 401k as as being the, the, the most common type of retirement plans that we're backing into for that.
1: Retirement planning is huge, and I feel like a lot of people don't really even consider retirement planning until they start to get a little bit older and start thinking about their exit strategy. So I love that you bring up retirement planning and and ways that you can utilize it. Now, I also have a question about real estate investing. You had mentioned something about that briefly. So how does real estate investing um, relate to tax saving strategies for small business?
2: Yeah, no, we, we we could dive down uh, a long hole talking about real estate and, and, and the, the all sorts of type of planning opportunities that there are involved in it. But I like to kind of talk when I talk about real estate, there's kind of two things that we, long, that we talk about and where your opportunities are. The first one is more of a traditional real estate, you know, like where you're just holding a long-term rental property where you buy a single family home and rent it out to somebody and they stay there for years upon years. And then there's this short-term rental strategy and there's sometimes called the short-term rental loophole in how we look at that. But when we look at real estate in general, real estate is traditionally considered a passive type activity. You invest in something, it gains some income, you get those rent checks, maybe you're doing a little maintenance here or there, but it's you're not actively involved in it if it's just some rental properties and you have a day job. And the big thing about real estate is that you get a a deduction for the cost of that real estate in the form of depreciation. And oftentimes depreciation is is heavy up front where you can create a cash flow, you can create income that depreciation, which is a non-cash expense, but it's going to offset that income that you're making. So you might make $10,000 of income from a rental property over the course of a year, but now you have $10,000 in depreciation that offsets that. So you're paying zero in taxes, you're showing zero in income on your tax return, but you just cash flowed actually $10,000. And that's kind of the beauty behind real estate is that you get this idea of depreciation, which again, is a non-cash expense um, that can help offset a lot of the income that you have coming in. So when we look at real estate, I think there's it's very powerful in not only an investment that's gonna continue to grow, but an investment that's oftentimes not, you're gonna get positive cash flow without having to pay taxes on it, which is a benefit of itself. But if you can start to qualify as a real estate professional, or you have a spouse that can qualify as a real estate professional, then we can look at real estate and say, how can we start creating losses in real estate that we can use to offset my business income? So if your business is doing really well, How can you create a loss or bring a loss over from real estate in those non-cash losses that we can use to reduce the income from our business? In order to do that, we need something called, you need to be a real estate professional, you need to have a spouse that's a real estate professional or something along those lines. And so that's where you can really see power. You know, when we look at people were attacking and when President Trump uh, found out his, his tax returns come out, a lot of people said, you know, Trump paid $700 in taxes a year and you know, he's a billionaire and that's not fair. When we look at what tr- Trump was doing, at least from what we can tell from the, the, the information that was released, is he's using real estate losses to offset the majority of his income. So he might be cash flowing really well and bringing in a lot of cash, but he has these losses from real estate, qualifying as a real estate professional that we can use to offset a lot of that income. That's something that everybody can do, but the key thing is is qualifying as a real estate professional. Then you bring in this idea of short-term rentals, where short-term rentals kind of throws that all up on its side and saying, oh, if we have a short-term rental with an average day of seven days or less, Now we can use a short-term rental loss to offset active income. We can use a short-term rental loss to offset our business income. With a normal rental activity, you have passive income. You can't use that to offset business income unless you qualify as a real estate professional. But now with a short-term rental, because it's not considered a passive activity because it's seven days or less, now we can utilize it to offset our business income. And that's kinda, of, you'll, you'll see a lot of different things we talk about on our podcast, but this idea of the short-term rental loophole, that's where this, this idea of where you can utilize that idea of taking rental property losses to offset your other income, it opens up the door for people that don't qualify as a real estate professional, which can sometimes be a little difficult. So. There's a lot of planning opportunities in real estate, um, not just looking at how can we help reduce your taxes or lower your taxes, but also just the investment itself and, and, and where that can grow and, and kind of be a form of retirement planning, right? Like if if you're not into the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those types of things, you know, maybe real estate is kind of your form of that idea of retirement planning. And we see that with a lot of business owners going down that route. So
0: for the fifth tax saving strategy for small businesses, tell us about hiring your kids. What are your thoughts on hiring your kids as a tax saving strategy?
2: Yeah, this idea of hiring my, hiring your kids is, is one of my favorite strategies because it's something that if, if you have kids, it's, it's something that you're spending a lot of money on them. You're paying for basketball camps, you're paying for amusement parks to go with their friends. And all of that, again, we talk about after-tax versus pre-tax dollars. Anything that you spend on your kid, you're always consistently thinking, oh, that's just after-tax dollars. You know, how could I ever say that a basketball camp is a business expense? You're right, that doesn't make sense. But is there a way that we could hire our kids in our business and then the kids could help pay for that basketball camp themselves? And the idea behind this is saying, if we hire our kids in our business, we can get a business deduction and our kids potentially pay no income tax on the income that they receive if they're under the standard deduction, which this year is, is somewhere upper $13,000. So you can pay your kids you know, up to just under $14,000 in income this year from your business, get a business deduction for that, your pre-tax expense for you, and your child would pay no income tax on that income that they receive. This is a great way to shift that income into a lower tax bracket, a zero tax bracket, while still getting a business deduction for it. Now, it's not as easy as saying, "Okay, you know, we're going to pay little Johnny fourteen thousand dollars this year, get a business expense for it, and move on, and everything's going to be great." You know, there's there's again this idea of is this legal? Yes, absolutely. Directly talked about in the IRS code about hiring your own children and the tax benefits behind it. You know, but the second piece is, are we dotting our I's and crossing our T's just writing a check out to little Johnny for $14,000 is not dotting our eyes and crossing our T's. And so it's important to know kind of the basics, you know, the child has to be doing actual work for your business. You know, do we have a job description? Do we have an employment agreement for it? We need to be tracking their hours. You know, what are they doing? What are the tasks that they're doing? Are we paying them a rate that's reasonable? So you might have them cut grass at around your office, but are you paying them $250 an hour when the local professional is going to charge you $80 an hour? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You know, we'd probably want to figure out what's a reasonable rate for their experience. So if the professional is charging $80 an hour, we're probably going to charge even less than that because we have a child that's maybe inexperienced. And so those are the things we want to start to think about this idea, but now we can get a business deduction child pays potentially no income taxes and the benefit then is that they can then go they want to use those money to to go to a basketball camp go to an amusement park with friends essentially we just moved after tax spending into pre-tax spending in that case there's also this idea of funding a roth ira that i absolutely love because when we think about a roth ira as we talked about this whole idea of retirement planning the problem with a roth ira is you get no tax deduction when you fund it but if you are paying, if you have income that you have to pay zero tax on, you don't need a tax deduction. And so why, if we fund that Roth IRA, we get no tax deduction, which we also didn't need one because we have no tax. But now that Roth IRA, when you're 12 years old, you're putting $5,000 into a Roth IRA. Think about the compounding growth that that Roth IRA can gain over the course of however many years until you hit retirement. Um, That's going to be tax-free, withdrawals are tax-free. So I love this idea of now that we have earned income, let's, and if we don't need to use it for basketball camps or whatever it might be, could we think about funding a Roth IRA with this? The other cool thing about Roth IRAs is that you can pull back the principal without any p- penalties, fines, and interest. So, if from the age of twelve to sixteen you put five thousand dollars into a Roth IRA each year and now your child gets to college and they're like, Hey I need some I need some money, I need whatever it might be, and you don't have other resources for them. Well they could go back and pull the principal back out of that Roth IRA without any kind of penalties or interest. And so it's it's really kind of this idea of hiring your kids is something we want to make sure we do right. But it's something I think every business owner should be taking advantage of. As long as you have kids, at least, you know, I say between the ages of 7, 17 is is kind of where the sweet spot is of this. If your kids are older than that, there's different planning strategy around that and ways that we go about that. Uh, But there's definitely some planning around this idea of of hiring your kids. And, you know, just to kind of end that thought on, is a lot of people, when I first talked to them, they say, Sounds great, but you know, you said this thing about dotting your eyes and crossing your T's, and how you need to make sure that they're doing actual work. They might say, "Like, I'm an attorney. Like, what could my kid possibly do in my business?" And and I always say that there has been yet to that there's been yet to be a business owner that I couldn't find something that we could say their kid was doing for the business. We couldn't find something that their kid could do in their business, you know, and it might not be as obvious as it might be initially, you know, could they be shredding papers? Could they be stuffing envelopes? Could they be cleaning around the office? Another one I love for people that are kids that are in that like 15, 16 age and where they're starting to get into social media is, you know, could they do some social media posts for you? Can they be researching Uh, different articles and sharing them on your social media. Um, That's all part of this, this idea of let's be creative. Let's think about things that they can do and let's make sure that we're implementing them in a way that makes sense for it um, while also, you know, making sure that we're doing things correctly. So a lot of planning opportunities. I just think it's something that if you have kids in that range, it's something you need to be thinking about and just start, start researching that process. You know, when we talk about tax planning, It's this idea of let me learn, let's hear all these good things, let's hear about these tax strategies, but we can't just stop from learning. We have to actually take put put our feet on the ground and start to implement those. And so that implementation piece could be researching a little bit, tweaking that strategy to get to where it needs to be for your situation specifically.
1: You know we're wrong. all about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case. At Bolts Legal, we are all about your case. Text or
0: call to schedule a free consultation for all your legal needs.
1: boltslegal.com love that fifth tip. I am a huge advocate for putting my kids to work. Um, it (laughs) builds a strong work ethic, but then if you can use that as an investment for their future and their future goals, like that to me is the icing on the cake. So I really appreciate, um, those tips that you shared with us today.
2: Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great point. You know, it's, it's, we're looking at a tax strategy and that's where my mind's always like tax saving, tax savings, but you bring up a good point. Like, not only are we potentially saving taxes or or we are saving taxes but we're teaching them this idea of working for a living working for money maybe they might be this might be a business that they want to look to take over you know down the road 20 30 40 years from now what a great opportunity to get them in at a very young age and they might say i want nothing to do with it well this just made your succession planning a little bit easier because now you know okay it's not going to the kids. What other options are there? And where, where's kind of the exit plan in here. But yeah, I think that there's so many benefits over and above just the tax savings that, you know, you, that you mentioned there.
0: Rachel and I both put our kids to work at community. <laughs> they are great at handing out air fresheners or whatever it is that we're mm-hmm. passing out.
1: And people uh, don't want to say no to kids, you know, they'll say <laughs> no to adults all day long, but they don't want to say no to kids. So we, we send them the kids out.
0: A couple yeah, of summers ago, I had my daughters, they were like nine and 10 at the time, work at the office in the summer. And I thought, I'm going to put them upstairs. We have just kind of a little loft upstairs in the office where they would be away from people and not like disturbing the staff. But um, turns out they can still disturb the staff because <laughs> I'd be sitting here like on a phone call or something and I hear, get yourself! You know, like, <laughs> and they'd be fighting and so if your kids get along that's a little easier than <laughs> um, they fight all the time like mine do but they definitely the task that they did just uh in case people are looking for ideas is they sent out emails asking my former clients for google reviews and so mm. i have made a kind of a template email for them and gave them the list and they, they sent those emails and then I gave them Robux for every review they actually got. Um, cause they don't really care too much about money. They, I did pay them, but that's not what really motivates them as much, but Roblox money, they, they were into that.
2: I love that. You know, and that brings up a good point. You know that that's I, I love that idea. Of what What are some things that they can be doing? Now I do have to ask: Was there any like funky emails that they might have sent out where the template got tripled, oh, or they oh, you know they were fighting and and all of a sudden the keyboard was <laughs> p- typing a bunch of different things?
0: Yes, so many times they would send like three emails to the same person, or like forget to change the name, so it would say "Dear John," when I'm supposed to say. <laughs> you know, plenty of errors, but people were, were very gracious, um, with, with, I would say that was my kids. I'm sorry. I'm trying to teach them how to, I'm trying to help them, you know, start learning how to work and seeing what work is like. And so people were very gracious, thankfully.
2: Yeah. I love that concept. And, you know, another thing I had an attorney that I was talking to about the strategy and again, they're like, well, what can they do for my business? I said, throw them in social media, have them start doing that social media stuff. And he's like, well, I don't do social media. Like I don't need to, I grow from referrals. Like I don't need, I don't need to grow my business at all. I'm like, well, what would it hurt to have someone manage a social media account for you? Again, we're looking at this from a tax strategy standpoint. You know, we're getting a business deduction. Kids are paying no income taxes. What would it really hurt by, by having them do social media for you? And Hey, Maybe you have some really good clients that always come from referrals, but now they're start to seeing your stuff more often. Now they're going to come work for you, and you know, think about you more often in various different things. And you know, you might not need the business, but was it going to hurt? You know, if we're looking at it from a tax standpoint as well.
0: Absolutely, social media. Rachel's given the statistic before that millennials and younger will will look you up on social media before they'll go to your website, and. Mm. So having a social media presence is important, especially to the younger demographic.
2: Yeah,
0: 100%. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has brought massive value to our listeners, and I just cannot thank you enough for volunteering and sharing your time today with us to teach us these strategies. and. If anyone has not heard of or listened to the podcast, tax, wait, I'm going to say it wrong. Tax, small business tax savings. Yep, that's it. Small business tax savings. I highly recommend it. It's in the top 1% of podcasts globally, according to listen notes. And on the first page of Apple Podcasts when you search tax and it is highly valuable, we'll give you all kinds of great ideas to save on taxes for your small business. So please check it out. And with that,
1: thank you for tuning in until next time. Take care.
2: Rachel Brooke. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate you and are honored to be on this journey with you. We can't wait to help you, to encourage you, and show you how to grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. If you found Miss Biz helpful, please leave a review and share with others. You can follow us on social media at Miss Biz Podcast. For legal questions or services, please visit boltslegal.com. And for digital marketing needs, please visit boltsmedia.com. Let's get biz done.